and we are in Colorado, probably what eight miles back in there, deep deep in the deep in the back country. This is Logan James. I'm with co-host Craig Overholt, and we have Ryan Miller here. Where do you live at, Ryan? I live in Kane City, Colorado. Okay, that's uh, what two hours south of Denver. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we decided we're gonna make this first episode about how we got to this point. We are elk hunting somewhere in Colorado. Yeah, I can't can't tell anybody where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> so really we wanna for people that have never done it, thinking about trying to get into it, what it's gonna take to get here. So we'll start with getting a tag. So Ryan, what does it take to apply for preference points? Yeah, or explain what preference points are. Yep. Um, preference points um, is when you apply in Colorado, you you for deer, um, you need preference points to draw, unless you would buy a landowner tag. Um, but if you want to hunt mule deer in Colorado, you need to have at least one point um, to draw a tag. There's no over the counter for deer. But um, for elk, there is over the counter, so anybody out of state can come and pay. I think it's seven hundred and forty dollars to hunt anywhere, any a uh, couple of the, couple specific units in the state for elk. Um, but to draw some of the better units, you need to have preference points, and every year you can you can acquire one preference point, and that's pretty much. It. I mean, you can get one preference point a year, and the year that you would choose to blow your point or to use your point, um, you would not get a point that year. And if you have, let's say you have five points and the unit you want normally only takes two, and you still want that unit, um, they will take all five of your points. Okay. A lot of so regardless if it only takes two, maybe, but you got five and you apply for that, you're going to get wiped out. Yep. You're going to be starting from ground zero the next year. Okay. And you said, look, $740. So that is everything included in the tag? That's the total price, right? Yes. Okay. Um, when you That's for over-the-counter or when you show up to, when you acquire the tag, it'll cost you that much. Um, to apply as a non-resident, I think the, the fee for a point is, I think it's around $50 a point, I believe. Okay. And you also I have to... For speaking from experience, you have to buy a qualifying license, a like small game license yes. or a turkey license, and that usually is like hundred bucks, hundred and ten, something like that. Yes. And then there's other fees associated with it. <clears throat> but I believe you can get a small game license as a non resident for around like eighty dollars or something like that. Okay. Yeah, then plus your points it adds up yes. to like hundred and sixteen or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Say you don't wanna spend your years you're getting old enough to where you want to start hunting and you don't want to you know wait year after year adding up points and you want to just go hunt right away you can get an over-the-counter tag correct okay so are there just any units that specifically or they, how uh, do you find out what units you're allowed to hunt in with an over-the-counter tag so uh you have to check the colorado rules and regulations books um they have all the units marked out in there that would be over the counter. Another another good thing our source to use is just the game and fish in Colorado, like the wildlife offices. Call them and 
they're always super helpful uh, as far as telling you, you know, they even tell you where elk are sometimes <clears throat> or like, yeah, just they're very helpful with that kind of stuff. If just give them a call. It, yeah, the Western hunting can be pretty confusing sometimes. Right. So, okay, well, let's go back. When is the season? Like, okay, you want to do an over-the-counter archery tag. That runs all of September, right? Yes, um, it starts September this year. Sometimes they, the season dates change every year. Um, but this year it starts September 2nd, and it ends September uh, was it? 30th. 30th. Yep. Which is what we're on. So we could have came any any yeah. time throughout the month, but we decided to wait yep. the, the last, last week. The last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can also do over-the-counter rifle. Um, muzzleloader is all draw mm-hmm. for elk and deer, um, all draw. And then second season is you can get over-the-counter tags for second season and second third season. season. Yeah, second rifle and, and third rifle season. Yeah. Fourth season is all fourth and muzzleloader are always draw. Yeah, And your first rifle season is always a draw too. Yep. Okay, so you're talking about these different seasons. Yeah. Go from start to finish. So we have archery season is all of September, or Basically. mainly all of September. Yep. Then you have a muzzleloader season for a week, like usually right in the middle of September, right? Yep. Right in the middle of middle of archery, middle of archery, right through September. You know, it's the usually best. the second weekend in in the archery season, yep. right? It's normally the best time to be hunting elk. I mean, they're normally just getting cranking. What do you mean by if cranking? You want, if you want the best tag as far as the <laughs> best chance of killing a bull in the rut, it's probably with the muzzleloader. As long as you keep your powder dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, you got archery season, muzzleloader season, and middle archery. Okay, then explain the seasons after that. So after that, you have first, and then it's second, third, and fourth. Um, first season, I would say you still have a good chance of Number all rifle? Yes, those are all rifle. Um, First season, I would say, probably still have a good chance of catching your elk um, bugling a little bit. Um, They're kind of fading out a little bit. A lot of the smaller bulls will still be with the herds and be carrying on. Um, And then... So that's like the first, what is that, the first week or two in October? Yeah, I think All these dates change a little bit every year, but... They all get pushed back, and then sometimes they cycle back. Yeah. Um... And so, yeah, and then and that's just a five-day hunt, correct? Yeah, I believe so. It's something that they're, they're all the rifle seasons. There's no rifle season that's longer than seven days, I believe. The second um, and third rifle season is a, it's a Saturday to Sunday hunt. I believe those are my. So it's be an eight-day hunt. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think no, yeah. So those run a little bit longer. But and then your second season, the elk are kind of doing the, they're not bugling as much as as they were in first. They're kind of tailing out. And then when you get to your third and fourth, I would say those older bulls are definitely, um, they're going to their winter ranges and they're going to be putting on the feed. They're going to be feeding out long um, on open hillsides. Okay, open ranges. This is what, what, what elevations are you talking about? It, it, they can be in any elevation. I mean, I've seen, I've seen elk anywhere from, I would say 10,000, anywhere uh, 8,000 feet. It say. all depends on it, snow levels that yeah. year. A lot of it is. Okay. I've, I've seen elk up up way higher than what I think they should be. I mean, they're wading around in snow that's up to, up to their their chests. I mean, just <laughs> unreal. But, yeah. People always ask where you can find elk, and I just tell them the elk where you find them. <laughs> you just got to go find them. <laughs> yep. 
All right, so let's say you're a dad and you have a son that's really itching to go hunting in Colorado, for say. At what age can he start applying for tag? Or, well, let's say, what age can he start applying for preference points? Um, I believe, I think it's 11. I think I think it's 11, yeah. I'm pretty I sure it's 11. I have done my research on that real well, but I think it's 11. And then he can get his first tag at 12. They have, they have to have their hunter safety card. Yeah. Okay, right. Then they also, it's also cheaper until, I mean, they still mm-hmm. get youth licenses, right? Yeah, yep. up until, was that 17, 16 or 17, uh, I think? Maybe even 18. I think it might be 18. I don't know. No, no, it's, no, it's only 16. Because I believe uh, my little brother, is no, he's 17 now, and he can't get the youth anymore. Yeah, I was not too sure about that. So I believe it's 16. Okay, so going back to the points and how many it takes to draw different tags and different units and stuff, why does, say, unit 108 cost six points and, you know, whatever, 58 takes one? For example, that's totally random, totally random numbers, but explain why it takes more points for certain units than others. Yeah, so um, it's all based on the amount of tags given out. So, and that's the game agency that yeah, does that? Yeah. Like so I think Colorado. it's like just the yeah, fish and game or whatever. Colorado Department of Wildlife. Parks and Wildlife, yeah. So let's say, just random numbers again, let's say unit unit 60 gives out 300 tags, which obviously there's not, that's, you know, not very many. And there's 4,000 people put in for that unit. It's obviously, it's going to, take a lot more points to draw that and then you know your odds get higher the more points you have you get put into you know a higher and another thing with that is you get into point creep some of these units like unit two um guys with with a certain amount of points you'll probably never get there because you keep chasing that because every year that 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 unit moves up in points let's say this year it takes 20 points Next year it takes 22 points, and the next year it takes 23 points because there's always somebody out there with more points than you, and they give out such a limited amount of tags that you will never catch up because there's always going to be someone ahead of you unless you started from when you were Lebanon or yeah. But I absolutely do not understand why why anybody would want to waste that many points on one year of hunting. Like it, that could have been 20 years of hunting. You yeah. could have hunted 15 times and got great tags. And, and that- that's exactly what I tell people when they say that, you know, do we need to wait 20 years for a tag? And I say, you know, you're crazy. Like, Colorado has, it has great elk hunting with a three-point draw. And if why don't you hunt every three years with a three-point draw and have good elk, good elk hunting every three years and you're in between years just hunting over the counter tag, yep. you know, like your over-the-counter bow tag or your second or third rifle tag. And, you know, you can hunt every year and you have really good hunts. I'd say I'd say those higher point units are for people who like to hunt, but they're not fully invested. Um, why, why would you chase something for that long when you could kill, when I could kill 15 great elk in that amount of time and maybe get one spectacular one? Um, I'd, I'd ra- rather take 15 good elk over one monster i mean yeah that's just how i am i'm i love sharing these experiences with my friends and family that's what it's all about to me i mean 
if you're all about killing that once in a lifetime animal, then yeah, maybe wait. But but if, if you're at that point, you're just gonna pay it. You're just gonna yeah. pay a, an outfitter exactly. fifteen grand and exactly. say let's kill something big. You might as well. You could you could save all your money and buy that tag for. Another thing, another thing I, you know, living out here for a while, I kind of figured out that you can have really good hunting in an over-the-counter unit. You just have to learn an area really well. Like, you're better off, and I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you're better off getting a tag for a place, for a unit every three years and learning that unit really well. And when you do get that tag, you know, every three years you know exactly what the elk are mm-hmm. going to do your chances of killing elk or go up way higher than exactly you know, randomly... you know you know how the elk will work through that area exactly. and you'll have because you'll have the, a hot you have a great advantage over them yeah for the most part i mean elk are the creatures of habit they you know they unless they really Some get days. pushed out <laughs> of an area yeah <laughs> unless they really get pushed out of an area they're going to be yeah. do the same elk. so for everybody listening to give some street cred to these two guys talking, Ryan and Craig, they both moved out to Colorado. Well, explain how you got to Colorado, and when, and why. So you, well, you don't have to say why, but you moved. You moved a little bit before yeah, I did, right? So I I would have moved out um, 2012 with my family. Um, we moved out here for New Horizons Ministries from from Ohio. From right? Ohio, yes. Okay. Um, little and, Amish boy from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite, but pretty close. Um, but no, we moved out here when I was 14. Um, and so that would, I think we're on year number, shoot, what is it? This December, it'll be 11 years that we've been out here. My yeah. Family. I would have moved out then the year after 2013. I'd have been 16 years old, um, from South Carolina, little redneck moving out west. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, we did, we moved for the same reason, for the same ministry. And then I lived here for was it seven years, yeah, eight years so, maybe. Yeah. And I just recently moved back to Indiana. So. so when you guys were here. For a woman, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> not for hunting. I uh, don't know about that. Maybe, maybe not my best decision. <laughs> no, you got a good wife. You made the right call, buddy. So when you were here, though, you guys were hunting all the time. Or mm-hmm. scouting, mm-hmm. or shed hunting, or whatever. Yep. I mean, that's all spring, and then once you know, when you start scouting, all um, summer. Yeah, all summer long. I mean, sometimes I mean, depends on what tags you have, what tag, tags we had. Um, if you we went, we'd go shed hunting as much as we could in the spring. Now, before Colorado had their shed law, <laughs> which, which is another, which that. is another story. We could go on for hours on that, um, but. They, we would go out shed hunting most of the spring, maybe do a little bit of turkey hunting, but Craig would do more turkey hunting than mm-hmm. I would. I think they're just a, <laughs> just a, just another bird, but Easy. Um, Easy. we love picking up sheds together. That was probably one of the funnest things. And then you get, you just get to learn the animals where they, where they winter. A lot of those, those uh, elk and deer that we found in the, in shed season, they come back year to year and they shed their antlers. Mm-hmm. Close, close. I'd say a lot of them would shed within five miles of where they dropped them the year before. You can learn a lot about a unit by walking it 
Mm-hmm. Shed hunting, finding shed. Yeah, the elk might not be there when you go to hunt it, but you learn access points. You, you find learn, big rubs and stuff, and, and places you, that they're tore yeah. up during that were, got tore up during the rut. Find glassing points, and yeah, you can learn a lot about a unit just by just walking it. Yep, just shed hunting. It. You ain't got to be hunting it. All right, everybody, listen up. Loniger's Taxidermy is world class taxidermy in Southern Indiana. With 30-plus years of experience, you can trust Loniger's to make your hunting experience a lifetime memory. Outdoor enthusiasts have trusted Loniger's taxidermy with animals from all over the world. The Loniger professionals specialize in turkey and whitetail, as well as realistic and accurate taxidermy representing six continents, not to mention custom scenes and habitats. At Loniger's taxidermy, world-class isn't just a catchy slogan. They've won first-place ribbons at multiple state, national, and world competitions. Their work has been featured in magazines including NWTF, Breakthrough, Eastman's Hunting Journal, and Taxidermy Today, just to name a few. Check out their work online at LonigersTaxidermy.com or visit the studio showroom on Ville Creek Road in Washington. Give them a call today at 812-444-9381. Again, that's 812-444-9381. All right, say, you know, you guys talked about you lived in Colorado and Scout and stuff. I'm from Indiana. Most people are probably listening to this right now don't live in Colorado. How do you go about scouting a place that you've never been to and you're going to? Like, what are you using? First off, just get really good buddies. I live in Colorado. <laughs> that, always, that always helps. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Onyx, which most people know what Onyx is, it's an online mapping system that shows public and private and roads and everything. That's a really good thing, don't wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Big, big, big tool. But um, another thing that I found out, um, if you look it up, it's called e-scouting. You just I find on like public land with Onyx, but then I find that place on Google Maps or Google Earth, and it definitely, you know, it shows a lot more detail and stuff on there, I think, once you find it. And once you kind of find what you like to hunt, you, you'll you figure out what those places look like on the map. Um, me Looks, and Craig kind of all hunt, like, the same type of area. Mm-hmm. And me and Craig used to work together, and Craig would come to work, and he'd be like, I found this new area. He'd be like, look at this. It looks great. And show me in the map, and I said, you stay out of there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, okay, listen. I look at a map, I pull up my Onyx, and I'm just seeing lines and elevations and, you know, peaks. What am I looking for that's going to say there could be elk in there? Well, I think, I think first off what you need to do is um, find, find what unit you want to hunt. So say you draw a tag that's specific for a unit, you know. So then you have to stay in that unit. But if you have a, you know, Colorado's broke up into, how many units is it? I mean, it's 200 and some units, I it's think. It's a bunch of them. So it can be overwhelming, but was I think fifty percent of those are over the counter, yeah, something like that. So, you know, if you're hunting an over, just get an over the counter tag, which you can just buy anywhere. Then focus on you know one or two units. I think is your best best option. You know, find a good unit. You know, do your do some research as far as like calling some people or something. People ain't gonna give away give away their spots, but you know you can usually get a little bit of information from people. Yep, and then focus, you know, focus on one area more than, if you look at Colorado as a whole, you're going to get 
overwhelmed big time. Yeah. So narrow it down. Find your units. Then you find your units. Next, what would you say? Access points. Yeah. Um, where you're going to start. Where you're going to park. Where you're going to camp. If I was coming to, if I picked a unit, I was coming to a brand new unit that I'd never hunt before. Um, get out there and drive the roads. <clears throat> like just figure out where you can, where you can access. Drive the roads. Um, access is is big. Figure out where you can and can't get into. Um, is a big thing because. Mm-hmm. You'll see elk a long ways off. You'll be like, well, I don't know if I can get there or not. Well, if you've driven the unit before and driven down some of the dirt roads, you'll be like, you'll know if you can or if you can't. And you'll be way ahead when you do come out here and hunt to come a day or two early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have it, you have it, you know, scouted out on your maps and have, you know, places picked out. But just come and drive roads and figure it out because it's totally different when you get here, you know. Some trailheads you can drive fullers down. It's just it's and it's you're, totally different. You're gonna have a giant advantage because a ton of these out of staters show up and they have no idea how to get anywhere, mm-hmm. and you are way ahead of them. I mean, yeah, it's I hunted deer last year in a unit where I scouted for three three days before the season, and I knew about every road in that area, and guys were showing up and opening morning they were out driving their four wheelers around mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get to places and i killed my buck on opening morning um i think it was about 10 o'clock and everybody was still out driving around mm-hmm. and so you're just you're you're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody you're just that good <laughs> i don't know about that but he just, uh, he just somehow gets good tag sun shines <laughs> on a dog's ass every now and again yeah <laughs> I'm looking at the map. I figured out my unit. I've I can see, you know, there's trails you can look at on Onyx, kind of showing you where they go. What would you? Are you specifically looking for anything like elevations, like anything like that? Saddles, bent, you know, pinch points, yeah. anything like that specifically, or mainly you got to get in there and see it and see if there's well, sign and that kind of thing. kind of depends on the time of year that you're going to be hunting. It, it does. It depends what time of year. Um, like if you're coming you're early. You're going to work your butt off. Well, just assume this is September. Yeah. Say yeah. mid-September. So you're going to want – there's a lot of a lot of hunters in Colorado, period. It just, it's just how it is. So what I look for is find a place you can access, but then when you get back in there, you can get away from other hunters. Find places that – the other hunters are going to push elk too. So whether that's a big, a big deep canyon back in somewhere that other people don't want to get into, um, whether it's a bowl, you know, like a mountains come together and form a bowl, um, just some place that the elk will go and hold up when the pressure gets, you know, pressure gets high, they're going to go somewhere, and yeah, that's usually what I would what I look for the most. Would you say that elk predominantly like to be in the green, thick timber, burns, or what? It's like both. I, it's <laughs> like I tell people, it's like elk are where you find them. I mean, that's just how it, it is. It's funny because they actually say that elk were a plains animal, kind of mm-hmm. like the antelope, and they said that the white man pushed them up into the hills. Yeah, just they moving they, in, they, populating they, places. And, they thrive yeah. up there in the timber. Um, I don't see, you'll see, you'll catch elk down in the bottom, sometimes in the open, but they'll feed for an hour or two 
and then the sun hits them and then they'll be in the timber mm -hmm. and like just an example you know where we're hunting now so we're what are we eight or nine miles back in here mm -hmm. probably um we're on four wheelers we didn't hike it i'm too lazy for, <laughs> look too lazy you for weren't that. supposed to say that <laughs> <laughs> but um indiana but boys that actually <laughs> That actually is an advantage because you think about it, how many people are going to come out here actually have full wheelers and stuff? You know what I mean? There's not a ton. And so, you know, if you can get back in here on a full wheel, like we're back in here and there's not any other people back here really. And we basically have the place to ourselves. But I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's because a lot of people don't know about it or I don't know what that is. But I think we do have an advantage by having full wheelers and stuff and, you know and another thing is you've hunted here for how many years now a lot <laughs> so you time. you know you know where the people go and you know where to mm -hmm. go when there's people around mm -hmm. um where the elk get pushed to already so it's and a lot like you said a lot of those people don't have four-wheelers mm -hmm. and so and to for them to get to where we're at they have to hike a serious long way just yeah. to get here and another thing that Going back to, you know, scouting and stuff. So two years ago, Logan, you were in here and shot a bull. And we hunted the first day in some spots that we could glass a long ways from. And we found these elk. How far away was it? Long ways away. Yeah. Like, we could just tell they were elk, basically. It was a couple miles. I mean, it was far. I guess that's true. I mean, it's it a long ways away. And so that's how we found them was, you know, getting to a place that we could glass a long ways and then we came up here the next day there was somebody else actually had been hunting these elk but they weren't gone they didn't go quite as far as we did no and, we, we we seen their tracks mm -hmm. and they turned off mm -hmm. like and so oh, that's great we went in there and called a bull in and we killed him but that was you know just being where we could see a long ways the first day and this morning we did the same thing yep. actually went to the same place and Found elk again a long ways away, and we came back in here, and so now yeah, tomorrow morning we should be right on top of them if everything goes right. But it's elk hunting, so who knows? Nothing's <laughs> given. <laughs> so a key, a key is to once you're in a spot, find a good glassing point yeah. where you can mm -hmm. look a long ways and you know get inventory of the entire area around yep. you, and spend time there looking, yep. and don't well, give up if you just you know whiff through and you don't yep. see anything because yep. they're not easy to see but yeah, optics and getting on a high point in glass and finding elk is one of the that's that's your biggest one of the biggest keys i think to hunting an area is just i mean you can't kill elk until you find them so all right remember once you get to the top of the mountain once you go down, you've got to come back up. <laughs> yeah, we found that out last year. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> but but that's do, a good problem. We're going to do it again tomorrow. That's a good problem. That's a good problem if you go down light and come up heavy. Yep. yep. But you guys got anything else to add to this as far as tags or what I you're mean, looking for and units or anything like that? You could you could go you could go all night on something like this. You know, I mean, it's you can never learn too much and i i can honestly say we don't know half of it no you know? right no. we've been doing it for a we're just long blowing time smoke so <laughs> we've been doing it for a long time and but it's still it's yeah, we're learning every time we're, we're out here every time you go so yeah you just get out here and do it yeah and i mean you're not going to learn if you don't try right yeah. and, and it's not about killing no, no. it's about no. spending exactly spending right. time with your friends Bring family good buddies and 
make good memories. Sitting around this fire right now is about as about as good as it gets. That's I mean, right. Killing it up's gonna be a bonus, but if it happens, but so I appreciate you guys being on here and uh look forward to what tomorrow and the rest of the week brings. Yep. Hopefully we're coming out heavy. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>